good to be here with you guys today. My name is Kendall Albert, and uh, to me it's actually a little extra special to be here today because I've spent the last three months with the two-year-olds back in the two-year-old class over there. And it's, it's awesome to serve the kids. Worship's a little bit different. It's a lot more interactive. Songs are a little bit shorter. And, uh, but it's, it's good to be together. It's good to worship together, to come and, and take communion together. And because we are a body and we're a family. And I, I'm very grateful for this family. And so today, as we, we're going to dig in the Bible a little bit, and I like to stand on the side because I'm weird, but it is good to be there. We're going to dig in the Bible, and we're going through a kind of a mini, almost like a micro-series right now, uh, entitled Therefore. And it's this premise that we, we started last week, and we're going to end next week, I'm pretty sure. And it's this concept that Christianity isn't just this theoretical thing, right? And it's not just this belief that we believe intellectually, but it's actually a life we live in response to who God is. That because of who God is and what God did, therefore we are and we do. That we don't live a life just in our heads and how we feel and what we think, but it's about our lives that we're response. And we don't live a life as though if I do this and I do that, and if I live good enough here and do less bad here, then therefore God will do this. We're not living a life in hopes that God responds to us generously, but we respond to him. And so last week, Jordan talked about how God is love. You know, and he kept getting down on his knee and proposing to all of us. And he talked about how God loved us so much that he literally proposed to us. And how, and then he talked about how God is this incredible, incredible being that has incredible glory. And about how we do everything because of his incredible glory. And so today we're going to talk about because God loved and served, therefore we serve. Go with me to Matthew chapter 8. In verse 1, it says, When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him. And he said, Lord, if you are willing you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the man's leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see to, see to it that you tell no one, but go show yourselves to the priests and present your offering to Moses, just as Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. Jesus was a man who cared deeply for the hurting, the needy, and the marginalized. You know, as you, if, if we take this in context, right, we just went through, what was it, six months as we looked through the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. And, and this is chapter 8, which is the next verse following Jesus' greatest sermon. And so Jesus was on a mountain, and he was preaching to people 
And he's pouring out his heart and giving and loving and teaching. And he's just pouring out of himself. And he walks down the mountain. I'm sure he was really hungry and tired. I don't know, but I would be tired. You know, and, and he comes down. And what does he come to? He comes down to more needy people. He comes, as he's going down the mountain, another person who needs him. Another person who, who requires him to do something for them. And if it was me, I'd be like, I'm tired. Let's talk tomorrow. But Jesus stops because he cares for this man. He simply loved someone with no ulterior motive. You know, as you, as you read through the book of Matthew and Mark and you read through the Gospels, you see that this man asked him to be healed, right? And Jesus, it says Jesus reached down and touched him and cleansed him. But the next story in Matthew is him talking to a man and, and the man says, just say the word and he'll be healed. Right? It's the story. And Jesus is like, okay. He's like, they're healed. Right? And so Jesus didn't need to reach down and touch this man. We also know the story with the, the bleeding woman, right? And Jesus didn't even have to know that she was around to heal her. She touched a cloth. She even touched Jesus. She touched a, something that he was touching. And it cleansed her. That Jesus didn't need to even stop and recognize this man for him to be healed. Jesus didn't need to do any of that. He didn't need to be in the same town. He didn't need to be in the same area. He didn't really need to know this man for him to be healed. The, the man could have gone, Lord, if you're willing, heal me. And he would have been like, all right, and it would have been done. Jesus could have done that and kept walking. But he doesn't. He doesn't stop it, he, he, or he doesn't just keep going and heal the man. He stops, he reaches down, and touches a man with leprosy. Yeah. In, in the Torah, we see that in Leviticus 5, in, in verse 3, it says that, that if a man is Jewish and they touch someone with leprosy, they become unclean and have to leave the camp. So what Jesus was doing was allowed, but what Jesus was doing was he was making himself unclean. Jesus was reaching down and touching someone that God had said has to be outside the camp. That the whole world had pushed away and tried to avoid. That the whole world, they saw this man, they would have gone on the other side of the road. As good religious people. I don't want to be unclean. I want to stay clean so I can be connected to God, so I can be with my people. I need to avoid. The whole world was pushing this man away. No one would touch this man. No one would connect with this man. No, everyone would have stayed away from him. And Jesus could have healed him and moved on. But he decided to reach down and to touch him. Jesus decided to become unclean for this man. You know, uh, uh, does anybody know Noel Broyles? Does anybody know Noel? 
I don't know if Jesus was like, like Noel, but Noel is one of the most loving people you will ever meet. And if you don't know her, if you get within 20 feet of her, you will know her very well. And Noel is a very physically affectionate woman. And, uh, and so you, if you were to have a conversation with her, she's not going to hold your hand, which would be very, she's going to press her cheek. You got to go this side, right here on your cheek and give you a hug during the entire conversation. And if you're like me, you push away and you put, and then you go, okay, I just got to embrace the love. You know, this is a little bit what Jesus did, right? It, it would have been uncomfortable. Everyone around Jesus would have been like, what are you doing? And the man with leprosy probably would have tried to back away and be like, no, you don't get it. But he would have loved and connected. It was more than just the healing of the man physically. He wanted to bend down and love him. There you are, Noel. I, I didn't see you this morning. You're right there. You, you can stand up and wave. No, no. All right. I wish I could be more like Noel. I need to learn to do that. This is what Jesus did. This is a way that she is so much like Jesus. He connected and touched this man. And as you read this story, this man, it is not like, this isn't a Brewster's Millions kind of situation or a trading places situation. Okay, now he was leprosy. Now he's awesome and everything's amazing and he's giving to society and he's following Jesus. No, this is the end of this man's story when it comes to Jesus. This man never gives back to Jesus. There's no benefit to Jesus' life from his interaction with this man. He doesn't then go and have a successful job and change society. and He just moves on with his life. There was no benefit to Jesus' life by connecting with this man. There wasn't a lot of people around. It wasn't like he grew in fame and popularity because of it. This man didn't go. He told the man, right? He says, don't tell anyone. He tells the man, don't tell them what just happened. Go cleanse yourself. Do what Moses commanded, but be quiet. Now, granted, the man does it, go and preach, but Jesus didn't do it for fame or to feel good about himself. He doesn't do it because he hopes that someday that man would then become a follower of his. He doesn't do it for any of that. He does it simply because he loved this man. You know, many of us, when, when we go and we help people who we find less fortunate than us, we do it for those reasons, right? We do it, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to serve these people, but I'm going to make sure I get a good picture for my, for my Instagram, right? Like, I'm going to make sure that the people know what I was doing. Or we do it, you know, I'm going to go and do this, and you know, but I'm going to make sure that, that I, and I tell them about my church that I go to, and I'm going to tell them, hey, now that I've fed you, now come and follow Jesus so I can make sure I, you know, I work in the evangelism aspect of it. Or we do it so we can feel better because we feel guilty. Because we have so much stuff that, or we live our lives like I feel guilty so I'm going to go and, and take care of people. Or we do it out of our arrogance of like they really need me. But we don't do it because we love people. Jesus loved this man. He cared for this man. It says he was moved by compassion. He cared for him so much, it forced him to act. 
He simply loved this man and cared for him. Have you ever looked at your notes and gone, where was I looking? Here we go. All right. (laughs) This man would not be worth our time. He wouldn't be worth our energy. But he was worth Jesus' time. He was worth his energy. It was worth it to Jesus to stop and connect with this man for no other reason. You know, every time that I've been going to church my whole life, and I've heard this passage preached a few times. And every time that I've heard it preached, the the person always brings up that, he goes, you know, we should read this passage and see that we're the man with leprosy. And every time I hear that, I cringe a little bit because the truth of the matter is I'm not that man with leprosy. And you're not that man with leprosy. That though I have I have sin that is horrible and wicked and destructive in my life. It's not the same as what this man went through. You know, I've had ringworm that was so bad I had to take pills that were like this big. But I took the pills and it went away. Like it, I'm not this man with leprosy. My sin, though, though it is horrible and wretched, most of the world thinks it's fine and even encourages it. My sin is is not like this man where he was ostracized from society. In fact, when I sin, society embraces me. I've not been pushed aside by everyone. People don't look at me and, and walk the other way. People don't cringe and tell their kids to avoid me. My friends and family have not disowned me because of how I look. I cannot relate to this man. And honestly, as I think about it, it's a little bit offensive to say that I can relate to this man. That's not the point of this passage. The point of this passage is not to go, see, Jesus loved you even though you're sinful. No, it's that Jesus loved him and put him, even though all of us don't care about him. Even though the entire world, the religious, the irreligious, everybody ostracized him. Jesus loved that man. Someone we would avoid. Someone we would make up excuses for avoiding. He loved him. We live in a society where there are many people like that. People that we, we, we avoid, we push the side, we try and ignore. We live in Atlanta. We try and move far away from people like that. No, I got to get a better, I got to get a house further away, right? This is what we do. This is our society we're in. We try and ignore the people that we don't want to interact with. These are the people Jesus loved. And not so that someday they could become Christians, but simply because they deserve to be loved. That yes, Jesus did love you in your worst moment. But I think in the story, what we're supposed to get is, no, we need to be like him. We need to be like Jesus. That we are those who are blessed in our society. We are those who've been given a lot. We are very blessed, very fortunate. And so our call is not to be, 
is not in this story to be thankful for Jesus' love for us, but to imitate his love for others. To think about who are the people that I ignore? Who are the people that I move away from? Who are the people that I walk around? That's a hard calling. But I serve because he served. And I love because he loved. Because he loved those that I didn't. But if I'm going to be honest, this is really hard sometimes. This isn't like, okay, great. Uh, you know, this is hard. It's hard in certain environments to love those who are unlovable. You know, I think about times that, you know, I've been a part of where we, we take food to, to people in need for Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know, done things like that. And sometimes it's hard. I want to knock on the door and hand these people who are living in destitute. I want to just, here's your, here's your turkey, all right? Like, and I, it's like, you know, you smell what's coming from their house and you can see. And it, it's hard. And I, I just, I, I want to run away. I want to do my good religious duty and, and, and disconnect. It's hard to walk in, to sit, to talk, to hold hands. I, I feel that every time. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to connect. I want to, do, I want to give the money, give the thing, and walk away and feel good. I remember when I was in high school, me and a, a few friends would go downtown, and, uh, you know, one of my friends— uh, she, she found a, a, some people who were s serving the homeless and uh, feeding people in need down there. And so every Monday, uh, a few of the high, uh, high schoolers in the church we were in, we went down there and we just, just, just some high schoolers going down there. We, we, were, we would make food and, and try and feed some people who needed it. And the truth is, is that part was easy. You know, it was easy to make the food, to hang out with my friends, to serve the food to them. But then after we served them food, we would take off our aprons and walk around the counter and sit with them. And every time, I'm like, I just don't want to do this. I, I, I'd be like, can I clean the dishes? Like, I, I, can, I can serve in that way. But the connecting with these people was hard. You know, some of these people, you know, would talk and, and didn't have a lot to talk about. Like, they didn't have a lot of logical things to talk about. You know, some of the people were in the moment were drunk or high, in the moment that I was connecting with them. And they would have, out, you know, outbursts. I remember being spit on or people who couldn't chew and they would, their food would come and hit, you know, get on my face and on my clothes. And, and I like being clean. I, I take way too many showers. Like I just, it, my insides were just like, please, you know, just let me, give, give me a few feet. You know, I think about there are times that people would get up and just because of whatever was going on would, would decide that they're going to fight me. And, and, you know, in those moments as you're trying to love someone who is fighting against it, it's hard. It's hard to love people when they're not doing anything that you feel like deserves it. But this is what Jesus did. As you go through the Gospels, you see that Jesus loved these people. He intentionally went and loved people who were possessed, who were hurting, who the world had disowned. 
That he would actually walk away from people like us, the religious, and go and interact with those that we didn't care for. And he would do it in a way that, that was crazy. He could have said, be healed and walked away. He touched them. He interacted with them. He loved them. He connected physically, emotionally with them. I'm so grateful that I get to serve a God who didn't love at a distance. I'm so grateful I get to, I get to imitate a, a, a king. I get to imitate Jesus who didn't care for people at a distance, but he loved people in contact. I'm so grateful that Jesus didn't avoid people that we avoid, but he went after people that the world abandoned. I want to serve people the way Jesus did. Because that was what was so transformative about the gospel. When John said, are you the Messiah? Are you the king we should be waiting for? Jesus didn't say, yes, look at all my converts. He didn't say, look at my moral, like, look at how moral I am and how right I stand. He says, yes, the blind can see, the lame can walk, the deaf can hear. He says, yes, look at how I love the unlovable. Jesus loved the unlovable. I'm very grateful for this spiritual, this local spiritual family we have. We have so many people in this family that on their own love the unlovable. And they do it without anyone's permission without uh, some sort of, okay, this is the way we're doing it, you know, church from a leader. It's not top-down servitude. It's, no, we're all doing it. And it's amazing how, how often I hear people, you know, oh, oh, sorry, I can't hang out. I'm, I'm going downtown to, to, to help some needy people. Oh, hey, I'm sorry, you know, oh, so-and-so can't be here. They're, they're helping this. Or they're, they're taking care of some underprivileged kids. Or they're, they're loving some people in their neighborhood who, who are out on their luck. And there are so many people in this church who, for no ulterior motive, just love people deeply. I am, I am proud and honored to be a part of this family of people who love for no other reason than because Jesus loved those people too. You know, a huge portion of the gospel is about this. It's about how deeply God loves the unlovable. The most famous passage in the entire Bible, it says that for God so loved the world that he gave. You know, it says that true and undefiled religion in the sight of our God is to take care of orphans and widows in their distress and to keep yourself unstained by the world. Pure religion is to love the marginalized and to keep oneself unstained by the world. You know, we need to have deep, intimate walks with God. We need to spend time with God every day. But if we have great, intimate times with God and we feel connected individually with Him, but we don't, it doesn't move us to help those, then it's in vain. It's worthless. And we need to help people become Christians. And if you know me, you know I believe that very deeply to my core. People need their lives transformed just as each of us needed our lives transformed. But if, we are, but if we don't care for people, 
then what are we converting them to? Are we just helping them be more moral individuals? Or are we helping them be transformed into servants? Jesus was a servant. Jesus loved. And therefore, I will too. Amen.